Welcome back, everyone, to a special edition of the Chaos Ball Podcast, the best Seattle Mariners podcast in the land. This one's not focusing on the Mariners specifically, although it is about Major League Baseball. So, you know, anything that's about Major League Baseball as a whole pertains to the Mariners. But I thought I'd sit down, have a short little pod to discuss the new rules for 2023. That released a couple days ago, thanks to Jeff Passan, broke the news. Um, So let's just get into it here. Uh, The tweet basically that came out was the MLB is expected to approve the following rule changes for the 2023 season. uh, Per Ken Rosenthal, per Jeff Passan, introduction of a pitch clock, ban on the defensive shift, and larger bases. Um, So this we kind of knew was coming, a little bit. We at least knew the. I, I figured the pitch clock was going to be in the league soon enough because they were trying it out in the in the minors and it shaved down the time of the game of the average game time by like twenty minutes or something crazy like that. Um, and I figured it was too successful down there for uh, them to not bring it up, given they want to bring the pace of play. Uh, they want to make it quicker because that's what Manfred's all about for some reason. So I uh, kind of knew that was coming. Larger bases was in the works for a while too, um, <clears throat> which that one makes sense. The ban on the defensive shift, I know they talked about. I didn't know if it would get approved fully, same with the pitch clock, but they both got approved. Um, and according to Jeff Passan, uh, the vote <clears throat> among the competition committee, which voted on this, was not unanimous for uh, the pitch clock and the shift restrictions. So there was definitely some opposition to both, uh, but the vote for larger bases was unanimous. So that one makes a lot of sense. So I'm just going to break down that one first, probably. Um, That one was a unanimous vote, like I said. Uh, Basically, the bigger bags are going to be 18-inch bases instead of the standard, which has been 15 inches. Um, so three inches on the bags, uh, home plate is remaining the same size and essentially why this is implemented, why they're doing this is the distance between the bags is going to be reduced by four and a half feet, but also player safety is definitely, uh, in mind here because bigger bags just means less collisions on base. Ideally, like what happened to Ty France a couple weeks ago in the Guardian series, ideally the bigger bags will get rid of the majority of that because there's way more space for both the runner and the fielder to have both their feet uh, on the bag, both vying for the bag. Uh, And ideally there will be less of that sort of stuff happening. Now what's super fun about this is like I said, the distance between the bags is reduced by four and a half feet, which means more stolen bases, baby. More bags getting swiped. And I'm here for it, honestly. Stolen bags, they're so much fun, and I feel like we haven't gotten a true amazing stolen base season since, if I can remember correct, D. Gordon, I feel like, was the last guy to steal 50-plus bags in a season, like I think Trey Turner's led the league the last couple of years, like 30 plus. I feel like we see the league leaders are in the 30 to 40 range. Gotta pump those numbers up. Gotta pump those numbers up. I need 50 to 60 out of the league leaders. I need I need stone base base races like the home run race. I just think it's really fun. It's gonna be way more bags. 
stolen. This is going to be interesting to see what catchers can adjust to this. What who will still be elite in like. Uh, throwing guys out on the base path, I think holding runners on as a pitcher is going to be way more important now and way, way different and way more difficult with the pitch clock as well as this. So with the pitch clock and these big bags, I feel like we're getting a 50 stolen base, 60 stolen base season next year from at least one dude. Because I, I just, I feel like it's it'll be too easy for guys who are so good at stealing bases. At this point. Because with the pitch clock as well. So there's. I'll get into it. But there's obviously rules on like. Pickoff attempts. Stepping off the mound. All that. Uh, but. If. If a guy knows when a pitcher has to pitch. Like it's going to make it so much easier to get a good jump. Right. And if he can only step off a certain amount of times. He reaches his maximum step off allowance. Or pickoff allowance, and it's like, okay, well, I can just steal this base. Oh, and it's four and a half feet less than uh, what it usually has been for my whole career. So, that's huge for, for stolen bags. I think this is bigger. I think catcher, like, pop time and arm strength, we'll have to see what is elite now, because I think that those numbers are going to change, obviously, because... Um, the numbers are just going to change. I mean, it's, it's stolen bases are going to go up. Stolen bases are going to go up. I feel like pitch outs are going to go up now, though. I feel like after a pitcher might hit his allotment of stepping off, throwing over, checking the runner, he's just going to pitch out to hopefully catch him stealing and get him with the pitch out which you obviously give up a ball for that. But, like, I don't know. I think we're going to see a lot more of that stuff. I think it's super interesting. Um, and that was the only one that was unanimous. That makes a lot of sense. So, moving on from that. <clears throat> so, we get bigger bags next year. Thicker bags. Uh, so, what's going to happen with the shift? Let's talk about the shift. Big topic of conversation last, I don't know, five years when analytics has been taking over basically the past five years, five to 10, uh, people seem to have very, very strong opinions on uh, the shift, whether banning it or not banning it. Um, I don't have either opinion. I mean, I am generally pro shift just because it is strategy and it makes sense. Uh, when you know a certain percentage where a guy's going to hit the ball, like why not put your, selves there like it just makes a lot of sense and I don't get why people are so mad about it like hitters are really bent out of shape and I get it as a hitter because I can sit here and say oh just learn how to hit the ball the other way or like bunt every time it's like one the guy's not gonna bunt every time and two I mean yeah I think hitters should absolutely like if the shift wasn't banned like this learn how to hit the ball the other way better. I can't sit here and say that. I'm not a major league player. But it's so... These days, it's insanely hard to hit a pitch at all with what this shit the pitchers are doing. Dudes are throwing 103-mile-an-hour sinkers and, like, 93-mile-an-hour change-ups like Sandy Alcantara or, or like, sliders and change-ups and fastballs all with, like, 15 to 20 miles an hour difference that all have the same arm slot that break within 15 feet of the plate. I, I It's impossible to hit a baseball. I don't know how anyone does it, so I can't just sit here and say learn how to hit the other way. I think hitters should 
generally try to adapt to things in the field, but if this is how they want to address the more strikeouts, less offense, if this is how they want to address it, and hopefully this leads to more hits, I understand. I just think banning the shift is not the best option they could do. I like the shift because it's kind of wacky. It gives you a nice wacky little little formation you can have. And I think like <laughs> it's so interesting. I guess it's if you want to put eight guys in the infield, do it. That's fun. That's ridiculous. Or if you want to put like two guys in the infield and have like six outfielders. Like listen, I I like getting as wacky with it as possible. But I'm not super up in arms about banning the shift cuz you're not completely banning the shift. Because uh, with these rules, two fielders have to be on each side of second base bag, both with their feet on the dirt. The both with their feet on the dirt is the one that's dumb to me. Uh, I understand the both sides of the bag thing because they want to get rid of that big lefty shift where the first baseman is basically on the line, second baseman's in right field, and the shortstop is just where the second baseman usually is, right about the middle, and then the third baseman's kind of pointing short. That is what they're getting rid of, essentially, with this. Uh, and I get it. Seeing like <laughs> seeing like your player hit a line drive into right field and it goes straight to a dude who's standing right there, it's tough and deflating, especially because of the camera angles. You can't see it until it actually happens. You're like, ah, fuck, there's a guy right there. Uh, so I understand that. But... This isn't killing the shift completely, because the rules state, let me see, the rules state, all four infielders must have both feet within the outer boundary of the infield when the pitcher's on the rubber. Okay. Two infielders must be positioned on each side of second base when the pitcher is, rele- pitch is released. When the pitcher's released, that's big. And then no switching sides. Infielders may not switch sides. Uh, example, placing the best defender on the side of the batter is more likely to hit the ball, unless there's a substitution. That also makes sense. I don't see that one happening too much. Or even if the shift was happening, I don't see that happening too much. A um, couple of big takeaways. Nothing about the outfielders here. So, like, is it max two infielders, or can I bring an outfielder in? Because what if, what if now with a lefty up who's a heavy pole hitter like Joey Gallo or something. Uh, and I want that shift. I want that shift. I was talking about, I want the first base. I want the three guys on the side of second base on the right one in the outfield. So now could I just play my shortstop right to the left of second base with third base, basically playing shortstop, bring my right fielder in where the second baseman would have shifted and then move my left fielder and center fielder over a little bit. Like, that's legal, I think, with the shift. So I'm wondering, like, this isn't going to ban the shift completely. It's just going to ban those drastic ones. But our team's going to do that. Like, we're going to see the Rays do some stupid, crazy shit this year. And also, I, what I think is interesting is that it's when the pitcher's released. So once the pitcher releases it, can the, like, are the fielders just, is it going to be like a football game? Like, these fielders are going to be like wide receivers. Like, right when the ball's released, they're going to go. Like, there's, like, right when the ball's released, the shortstop is going to run to the other side of second base where he really, where the team needs him to be most. Like, I think that'll be super interesting to watch, too. Uh, cause even if you play it by the book, 
with the two infielders on either side of the base. You can still kind of shift. Like, with a, with a heavy lefty, I can still kind of put the second baseman more to the right than I would normally and put the shortstop basically at second base. And then right when the pitcher is released, have him kind of drift over in the center. I, I just think we're going to still she, she see shifting, but getting rid of the drastic ones is what this definitely aims to do. And I understand that. I understand both sides. Um, I'm, I'm generally pro shifting, but I don't care. And I won't die on that hill uh, because shifting is going to happen no matter what. Analytics and teams adapt to the game. Uh, I just think... If we're trying to make pitchers less effective, can we do it to the pitchers? Like, keep the shift as it is. Don't ban the shift, but lower the mound. Move the mound back a couple feet. Have guys not be able to throw a 103-mile-an-hour sinker if you want uh, hitters to hit better. I, I just think that has been a better solution all along, to be honest. Um, it is really cool to watch pitchers do what they're doing, and they're still they still would do that. It, pitching wouldn't just be terrible, but if if that is what the MLB wanted to attempt to do, I just think that it would have been the better option is to lower the mound or move the mound back a little bit, just to lower miles an hour. Uh, so that's yeah, that's my take on this whole shifting business. Um, I'm excited to see what happens because there's going to be shifts still and I'm going to be excited to see how guys get around them, especially I hope they, the second and the, I hope the shortstop and the third baseman line up like wide receivers over there. And right when the pitchers release, they, they just sprint to the other side of the infield because Joey Gallo is at the plate and he's going to hit a ground ball right in between the shortstop and the second baseman. I just think it'll be super fun to watch if that's going to happen. And the outfield shift. I think now we're going to see more outfield shifting. I think the right fielder might cheat up a lot more on lefties now, and center field will will compensate for that. I just think it'll be interesting to see how guys adapt and teams adapt, because they always will. They always will. Uh, so, moving on to the last rule change, which is the pitch clock. I think this is the one that will make the most difference on the game as a whole. Uh, so, the pitch clock. I am not a fan of this pitch clock in particular. I appreciate a pitch clock. I think a pitch clock is good if the goal is to uh, increase the pace of play. Is If the MLB wants to trim the game time down, this is a good way to do it. It worked in the minor leagues, and numbers didn't really go down. Guys adapted to it. Like p- Pitchers and, and players are always going to adapt to whatever they have to do, and they're going to be fine. I just think it's a little... It's, I don't think it's enough time. Uh, cause the, so it's a 15-second clock with the bases empty. It's a 20-second clock with runners on. And then, so there's restrictions. <clears throat> so re- the restrictions on the pitcher must begin motion before the timer expires. So you can begin your pitching motion as the clock hits zero and you're fine may disengage or step off the rubber twice per plate appearance without penalty. Count resets if runner advances. Okay, so you can step off the rubber twice. If the runner at first steals second, then you can step off two more times. Uh, And then after it, it's a box. So subsequent disengagements result in a box, unless an out is recorded on a runner. 
So this is this is where I'm confused. So if I step off twice and I have a runner on first, if I step off again in a pitch in a in a pickoff motion and I get the runner, it's not a balk, it's an out. I, that's what I'm interpreting from this. It says subsequent disengagements results in a balk unless an out is recorded on a runner. So I'm basically betting again. I like <laughs> so I step off twice. And the runner first is like, okay, he stepped off twice. I'm going to get a big lead. And I'm going to take second right when the clock hits zero because that's when I know he's going to pitch. But the pitcher picks me off and I'm out and it's not a balk, even though it was his third time. I think that's what this means, which is super interesting and also kind of dumb. Like, what's the point of the max? I get it. It's just a balk after that, but like, I, okay, whatever. Um, and then the restrictions on the batter must be in the batter's box and alert to the pitch with at least eight seconds remaining. One timeout per plate appearance for the batter. Because uh, between batters, there's a 30-second uh, break. So the batter has some responsibility too, which is how it was in the minors. Um, this shaved game time off like 20, 25 minutes. So I think we'll see that largely next year. I think games will skew closer to probably three ish hours now. Um, I can't imagine pitchers are going to be too happy about it. I think it should be more time. I think it should be like 20 seconds. I think it should be 20 seconds with the bases empty and 30 with runners on, uh, just cause with runners on a pitcher has to, they look over so much more. They, they communicate with the catcher a lot more. They communicate with the fielders a lot more. I think they need more time f with runners on. And then 20 seconds with the bases empty is fine. I think you should throw your pitch by even keeping it at 15, I guess. I don't know. The dude should throw his – with bases empty, the guy should throw his pitch as soon as possible. Ideally, every pitcher would pitch like George Kirby. George Kirby throws his pitch, gets the ball back, gets on the bump, throws his next pitch. It takes him like five seconds. Uh, but then you have like James Karinchak, who takes a minute and a half to throw a pitch. I think those are the guys who are going to be mad, but those are the guys that I would like to see a pitch clock implemented against. <laughs> I, I think guys will step off a lot more. I think, I think pitchers will fully take advantage of the two step off rule. I think they will step, there will be a lot more stepping off. Which I think is an, is a consequence, and we definitely can f foresee happening, and I guess are willing to live with. I just think taking really long to throw one pitch and not stepping off at all is the same as taking 15 seconds, stepping off, taking 15 seconds, stepping off, and then throwing the pitch. I can like, I don't know. I I'm fine. I like the pitch clock if the goal is to increase pace of play. I don't think that should be the goal of baseball. I don't want to get into all this, but Manfred's a hack. I, man, Rob Manfred sucks. Like, I would be a better commissioner. I have said that with confidence for years. I don't understand this whole pace of play nonsense. You're not going to fundamentally change the game of baseball uh, because pace of play is your issue. Marketing has been the issue. For years, why was baseball so successful in the 90s? The home run race, they marketed the shit out of that. 
they did it themselves. I mean, obviously it was it was tough because they were giving the players steroids and then they subsequently punished them for that. But that's why it was successful. It was exciting to watch. The games were just as long back then. The games were just as long, if not longer, back then than now. Is that really the problem? No, it's not the problem. Football games and baseball games are the same amount of time on average, basically, three and a half hours. Football ratings are fine. And MLB's like, no, it's too long. No, it's not. It's just, you have other issues. Like, Manfred's focusing his whole energy on this makes no sense to me. And I get maybe making it a three-hour game, so a three-and-a-half-hour game will make it more appealing. I just think you need to start marketing your young stars better. I think they have the last couple of years, but it's still like... You gotta get rid of this unwritten rule bullshit. This starts, hopefully, soon with a new generation of players retiring and going into announcing analyst work because old heads on MLB Network still still complain about young dudes getting after it. They still complain about these unwritten rules, these, oh, you don't change the traditions of the game. That's the problem with baseball. There's two sides, and analytics has is, is, is had a caused a drift in this too for better or for worse it's just you got the old heads you got the young heads you got these young kids they want to play the game they want to play the game exciting they want to play the game how how julio rodriguez plays the game how uh fernando tatis plays the game how tim anderson plays the game but they a lot of guys don't want you to do that coaches don't want you to do that tony russo man it makes him sick every time tim anderson does something cool on the baseball field and celebrates about it like the pace of play, I just don't think, has ever been a viable reason for making all these changes to the game when you could be spending this money and time and resources elsewhere growing the game. Not getting rid of minor league systems, spending more money on marketing, maybe making the ball literally more juiced because pitchers are succeeding more. I don't know, moving the mound back. Try to get a home run race going. Like... Give the players steroids. I mean, I'm kidding, but objectively, uh, that was when baseball was the most successful. And if Manfred really wants to run it back, who's who? You know, who wouldn't support him in that? <laughs> Obviously, I'm kidding, but that—that that is the rule changes for next year. That was my mini rant about baseball and Manfred. Uh, so we got pitch clock, bigger bases, and restrictions on defensive shifts. So I still think we'll see shifts. I still think pitchers will take a while to throw the ball. Um, even though there's a pitch clock, I, some guys just want to take a while and some guys will take that maximum allotted time every time. And some guys won't. Um, I just think baseball could be spending its, its resources and time doing better things for the game, especially growing it with young people, particularly making the game more accessible to lower income people in the country, which skew more uh, minority, making the game less uh, white in the United States would be a huge one. I think making spending a lot of money to make the game virtually free to play uh, when you're a kid, no matter your your socioeconomic standing, I think that would do. Uh, wonders more for the game of baseball than uh, making the game shorter. So, 
<sighs> That's it. Uh, one more thing. A big win, though. This is a big win. Is This news came out uh, the same day as all the, the rules. Um, Rob Manfred said the MLB notified the uh, MLB Players Association today that MLB is prepared to voluntarily recognize the minor league players union. Huge win for labor. Huge win for the minor league players. Huge win for the MLBPA. This is huge. This is fantastic. This is some of the best news in baseball in years. Because uh, finally, more and more and more people were calling for them to pay the minor league players more because people realize they get paid way less than minimum wage for the amount of work that they do. And it is really, really unfair, really antiquated system. Uh, and it just shouldn't be like that. And so the minor league players should have a union. And the obvious course of action was to allow them to be a part of the Players Association, which is unionized. Um, makes a lot of sense. Would be a win-win for everyone. Obviously, the MOB doesn't want that. And teams and owners, because they're greedy, don't want that. They don't want to pay these dudes more. They're like, no, they don't deserve a living wage. All they do is make my franchise millions and millions of dollars. Why would I pay them a living wage? Uh, but this is a big win. So um, they finalized a card check agreement which is expected to formalize the league, recognizing the union as the bargaining representative for a unit of minor league players in excess of 5,000 members. Um, the agreement, which the Players Association will present union authorization cards um, tomorrow to be counted by a neutral arbiter, is the latest step in rapid unionization of minor league players and sets up the parties to negotiate a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement, which is massive for minor league players. Just a massive win. Massive win. Very, very good news. Um, so the parties plan to begin negotiations in this offseason um, in hopes of getting an agreement before the 2023 minor league season begins. So there's a lot of time to get this done. Still uh, should be very urgent in trying to get this done. Uh, minor league players, get your money, get unionized, um, and this will give them more power negotiating in the future, which is really, really big. Really big. Because... Um, it was interesting the past like five, ten years, I think more and more people were calling for, for this. I think it became way more, um, in the last like two, three years, I think it became way more public knowledge. I think the, the average baseball fans started to see more and more people talking about this. And so the MLB had to do something. They couldn't keep getting away with this. And so they cut a bunch of minor leaguers and minor league teams that was, uh, man, fuck the MLB. Uh, but this is big. So Basically, um, big win for the minor leaguers. Hopefully, they can get a good agreement, a good collective bargaining. Hopefully, they can get paid uh, at least a living wage for the tremendous work that they do and the amount of time they put in in the minor leagues. And uh, that was very good news. That was very, very good news. So, good vibes with that one. Uh, and that'll do it for this short little episode. I hope you guys enjoyed Make sure to rate and review, recommend to your friends, follow us on Twitter at ChaosBall1977. Um, predominantly Mariners content, but I will definitely release more stuff like this that's broader MLB topics for a wider audience because I think it's really important to get the word out there, especially with big stuff like this. So I really appreciate everyone listening and uh, have a good rest of your day and go Mariners and go minor leaguers for that matter. So have a good rest of your day. Bye.